Welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Maker. And on this episode of Good Show, we are discussing the Wonder Years. What would you do if I sang out of tune? The Wonder Years is a coming-of-age tale that centers around the life of Kevin Arnold, his best friend Paul, his childhood sweetheart Winnie, and the rest of the Arnold family. But the show is mainly about Kevin. In fact, the story is told and narrated by adult Kevin 20 years later. This classic sitcom probably lives in most people's recollection. It may even seem at this point like a dusty old relic of an age of television that has become all but irrelevant to the modern American family. Why on earth did they dig up this old chestnut, you may be asking? Well, for a couple reasons. One, as many of you may know, a reboot has surfaced in the past year and it felt like something we could possibly do an episode on. The only problem was I had never seen the original series in its entirety and it felt like it was probably a prerequisite for the reboot. But if I'm going to do all this TV watching, Let's do an episode on the original series as well. Two, and most importantly, and I'll let Anthony speak for himself on this, but I believe this show is just as relevant today to the plight of the adolescent kid trying to navigate this crazy world as it ever was. The Wonder Years was created by Neil Marlins and Carol Black and aired on ABC for six seasons from 1988 to 1993. And with that, Anthony, let's talk about the Wonder Years. Mm, What a turnaround all of a sudden. (laughs) <laughs> this has been one of my favorites for a while and then all of a sudden you got real into it so that's great i'm pumped well before we dive in fred savage mm. it's just it's it's heartbreaking yeah, it's but tough. um it would be impossible to talk about a show that he starred in without addressing his alleged misconduct during his time on actually now a few different shows mm-hmm. so what are we <laughs> Where, where are you falling on this? Because clearly we're doing an episode on the show. We yeah. still love the show. Yeah. So that's like a given at this point. Um, we are we are endorsing the show, but we're not endorsing the, the person, Fred Savage. Yeah. So, so, so I think let's say whatever happened, whatever he's been accused of, it wasn't happening when the show started for most of the show. So like, I don't know that we need to carry it all into it. It obviously brings in this really philosophical question of do you ignore the behavior of an artist for the sake of their art and when he was young it wasn't even his art that we're talking about and with that saying that like that's the one hand and then on the other hand i was i didn't quite know what had happened with fred savage honestly um the things i knew about fred savage were that he got he got released from the the new version of the wonder years the re, yeah the reboot and then i had also heard that that the reason the wonder years didn't continue in the first place was because of what had happened with him in the like back then like something had, had he'd been accused of some stuff back then as well so i read up on that and what i find terribly interesting is when i was reading about what his most current accusations were it seems to be like a textbook case of he was accused of something that is not actionable criminally. And so correct. that's correct. I yeah, think. Yeah. But it's horrible behavior and, and, yeah. and yes, fireable offenses. So, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly not something. And so it's, it's a very interesting place because then people could come back and be like, Oh, everybody's just getting fired for whatever nowadays. Uh, no, what he did was fireable and he should be fired from what, and, and not only that, but it's, it's multiple offenses that he's had. The offense that he most recently accused was accused of is something he was accused of in the first place. And so it, it's just, it's sad. And then on, again, on the other hand, I got like five hands going on right now, but on the other hand, um, I don't think you can, it wasn't his show in the first place. So we can't write off the show is why I'm sitting here doing this episode. I, you know, I, I think you feel similarly, not only that, I mean, not to bring in other things, but he actually has directed several episodes of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and so he's been a part of a lot of things that I loved a lot. And it's, it's just, it's sort of sad that his behavior was, you know, inexcusable and also not, not necessarily yet criminal, but certainly fireable. And he does seem like, from what I've read, just kind of an aggressive guy and a jerk. Yeah. So he's mistreating people on set. And then I think most recently is, was actually 
sexually harassing people. So, yes. I mean, it, it yeah. seems like it's escalated. Like, yes. whatever was going on on the Wonder Years, I don't know if anything was going on. And then there was, you know, I was reading some stuff about um, his time on the grinder and yeah, then yeah, on yeah. the reboot. And it just seems like maybe it's been escalating and he was always headed towards something like this. Yes. And, and also um, the grinder had so much potential too. Mm-hmm. Did, did you watch that? It was, a, yes, it was like, it was a good show. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. Yes. Um, I mean, Rob, Lo- <laughs> Rob yeah, sure. Lowe made that show too. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but we're saying by doing this episode, that you can still enjoy the wonder years knowing what you know. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a way to separate the actor and his personal life from the television show itself. So the only problem then comes in that, which I'm still doing it, but the only problem comes in that literally you're still giving him money for, I completely admit that he should not be excused for his behavior. And at the same time, like watching the show on Hulu, probably puts a little bit of money in his pocket because what he did was not criminal. So he's not actually experiencing many consequences from his behavior. I do know that child actors don't always receive residuals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But I mean, the same, same thing applies really. Sure. I guess my next question is just one way to wrap this up. Have you stopped watching or is there a show you won't watch anymore because of, uh, I mean, one name pops into my head, but is there anything you won't watch anymore because of a similar situation or maybe something worse? Or I don't know that we want to get into the business of saying something's worse or not as bad. Sure. But, um, but I do. I mean, I think the most obvious example that comes to my mind is like, I'm very torn about what to do about the Cleveland Browns. Um, it's, oh, uh, you know, it's not a television show, but it's, it's a interesting situation of a team that I've loved forever. And yet all of a sudden, like clearly the guy who we signed as a quarterback is a sleazeball. So what am I supposed to do about that? It's not exactly mm. the same thing, but who's the example that you were thinking about? Oh, Kevin Spacey and house of cards. Oh, sure. And I, yeah, that's funny. I don't, I wouldn't sign on to a new Kevin Spacey thing, but also, and I haven't gone back to watch house of cards, but neither have I, it's I, not like I feel, would feel bad if I went back to watch it again. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it again. It yeah. just, I haven't, it kind of feels weird. Um, I'm giving it some time. Also, the mm-hmm. last season wasn't great, so I mm-hmm. I just kind of needed a break from that anyway. But it's something I've rewatched, and I you know I may rewatch it again. But hmm. um, okay, I think we're good to move on. Sure. I yeah. want, I wanted to make this a priority though, of because course. I'm I'm sure someone would wonder why or how we could do this or why we were doing this. And um, I just wanted people to know that we are aware and, and we're addressing it at the top. I'm actually not in. I'm not insecure about it. I think it's there's enough gray in this that it's like yeah of course it's worth talking about it's a quality television show it's definitely worth talking about as a significant television show in history and at the same time like oh yeah of course also also we have to bring up this little bit Mm -hmm. of information i don't move forward with any trepidation now though now that we've done our disclaimer Tell me your Wonder Years origin story because you go way, way, way back. I'm a newbie. So, yeah, sure. Mine was actually like, I'm not quite, I'm close to old enough, but I'm not quite, you know, I was born in 1982. So it started in 1988. I'm only six years old when this starts. And so I'm not consciously choosing it. I'm not remembering it, but I did. My parents or my mom probably watched it as it was coming out. And so I did watch it as it was coming out. And I have pretty significant memories of seeing it when I was an act, you know, when I was a kid, when it was originally airing and that was my first watch through, but it was totally involuntary. I wasn't choosing to watch it. I did Mm -hmm. love it, but uh, it was more because my mom loved it and was watching it. It's funny because I think this show is in many ways like the grandfather or the father to things like Boy Meets World Mm -hmm. and Full House. Um, And I think I'm so I'm a little younger than you, but like I think Boy Meets World was kind of my wheelhouse at that time. But I do remember seeing episodes. And now that I've seen it all the way through, they were later episodes. So they were probably ones that were airing at that time. And like I remembered a few specific things um, that had happened and I probably saw a smattering of reruns over the course of time, but it's always been a show that I've wanted to watch all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I just never did. It's the the whole like 
family style sitcom is really my favorite style of sitcom. Mm -hmm. You know, my, I feel like well-documented at this point, my disdain for, you know, laughy laugh sitcoms, but this is really what I love. This kind of short, sweet, heartfelt show. Yeah. I mean, well, we're about to get there, but you know, you keep pretty obviously referring to this as a sitcom and I'm not sure it squarely fits in the sitcom space. It is certainly some sitcom, but it's also something else. It's it's some sort of drama also. Yeah. And I mean, this is a good time to go ahead and crack that egg. Yeah. I think there is a like era mm-hmm. of sitcom that exists in that late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. This is what we were seeing, though. We're seeing um, uh, someone telling a story. We're... I feel like the modern sitcom, The Office, The Parks and Rec, it's let's make them laugh as much as possible, yes. which is great. Yeah. That's a that's a great thing. But this was more of a story that was funny and that does lend itself to a little more drama characteristics. Yeah. But um, I think that was just that era. You know, it, it had yeah. you could because you could name. So all the TGIF stuff is really kind of that early 90s stuff. It's all except it's, it's this was very similar. This was pre TGIF, right? It was pre TGIF, okay. but I'm saying you could put some of that stuff in the same of era. Yes. You know, that And there's that, a whole lot of family stuff as well. Uh-huh. Within yeah, and TGIF. I think, I think the family stuff instead of like the workplace stuff, the family stuff was what was on back then. The full houses, the home improvements, step um, by a, step. Step by step, family matters. A lot of those are. Were you allowed to watch step by step on, by the way? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I never know. I have no idea yeah. if I was seeing this stuff when it was airing or if I was watching it later, but I'm familiar. Yeah. I'm familiar with step oh, by step. I, 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 for some reason, specifically remember some controversy about how uh, Full House was okay, but step by step was a little risque because it was a divorced family. Or it was like the melding of two divorced families. So I don't think that was an issue for. I, I don't remember anyone saying I couldn't watch it. So, um, yeah, again, I'm a little fuzzy on when they came out mm-hmm. and what, you know, all the different things. But I'm very familiar with all those shows that we've been talking about. This is definitely a network drama. This, though, single cam. Yeah. Which was kind of kind of different. Oh, for I that. didn't know that. I didn't know that would be sort of groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if you think back, I don't, I don't know how often you think about this kind of stuff, but like, just like the changing of rooms and different things yeah. on like a full house or like, and you know, you have the the set, the set that they have built and it's kind of, yeah. you know, crafted around the, and anyway, this was a single cam and no laugh track. Yeah. Right. So yeah. No, yeah. it had aspects that were completely different and than, the, and the sort of, no laugh track element is where I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's where we're a little bit different than a sitcom. Oh, Not that, that all sitcoms and that's definitely have to true. Be, yeah, have to have have to have laugh tracks, but hundred yeah. percent on that. That that would even make yeah, I think one step closer to a drama than some of the other things we've been talking yeah. about for sure. Well, the characters in the Wonder Years. One thing I love is you see them a lot. They stick with you pretty much the whole time. Some of the fringe characters are a little bit of a revolving door, mm-hmm. but the main characters. You really get to know and you build a relationship with, grow to love them, I think. I don't want to speak for you. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. Um, who's, they're all so different, but who did you feel yourself gravitating towards? I don't want to bury the lead, but have you seen my wife and do you think she looks like anyone on the show? Because well, I say- have retroactively <laughs> thought about how much my wife actually looks like Winnie, Winnie Cooper. <laughs> and it's very weird. Was this seed planted in me this early in my life? <laughs> that i've been looking for winnie cooper you, just, my you, just, you were you were looking for winnie yeah. yeah so certainly winnie cooper let's let's put it that way so directly like kevin winnie or you like what i mean i think like in, your- i think in in the show in watching the show i'm kevin okay but so much in the awkwardness of the interactions that's what's brilliant about the show is that kevin doesn't dominate that he you know he's not mr like charisma and dominates the the situations but you know what's so strange kevin is in every scene of the show yeah of course i mean he would have to be based on the fact that he's telling the story right he would have to be in every scene right I think it's, I mean, maybe minus some of the flashbacky stuff, some of the, the cut scenes, but I think you're exactly right. He isn't Mr. Charisma. No. 
And I think that's one thing that the creators were pretty clear about. He was just like kind of the absence of personality because he was a kid. He could just play a kid really well. Yeah. And somehow the entire show is about him. He's in every scene, but there's so much room for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every one of the relationships that he that he had with people uh, have some sort of impact with me, whether it's obviously that the, there's so much father son stuff that mm-hmm. resonates. Uh, I will say for me, when it comes to father son, when it comes to Jack and Kevin, I often thought more about because of the time period, I thought more about that being my dad talking to his dad. Mm-hmm. That's how I watched those scenes. It wasn't like me talking to my dad, but it was like, I was able to imagine my dad talking to his dad. So that's mm-hmm. why that was special for me. Um, I'm not exactly sure how I thought about his mom, but obviously his his scenes with his mom and how he treats his mom. And I, I feel like Norma's role is like, uh, which is the mom, Norma's role is more like somewhat feminist. It's somewhat like, uh, b- but it's not exactly feminist. It's more like, here's the woman's role in the 60s. And here's how that was harmful or hurtful to women at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that, when I think of the mom, that's the sort of story I think of is like, uh, it, it, she had a good life, but it's, it's a little bit like she was mistreated a bunch. It, you know, it, oh, sure. It, I think a lot about that. And then, um, we see growth there though. I like how oh, I like her. I like her arc. She's it, they're, strong. Yes. She's strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's absolutely. Great. Yeah. And at the time that was sort of probably somewhat groundbreaking to basically say when she is showing strength in the sixties, it was like, it was sort of groundbreaking. It it had to be a quiet strength. It had to be like, you know, underneath. And then you see it in her daughter, basically the way that she supported her daughter, who was like Mrs. In your face feminist Mm -hmm. and how she was out in the world. But, and, and it's not like her mom disagreed with necessarily everything she was doing, but the influence that came down, like the depth of the family, I, you know, I could go on forever about this, but the depth of the family is incredible. Just like they couldn't have imagined how much depth they were putting into this family. Oh no. Yeah. And it's, it's five completely different characters. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I appreciate about Norma's character uh, and they, they don't focus on this as much as they could have, but um, there is one episode in particular where you can see that even though Jack is the strong, dominating um, leader of the family, she has very high amounts of influence on his decision making. Mm-hmm. And it's subtle the way she guides because she guides Jack's decision making mm-hmm. in in many ways. But she does it in the only way it would work with someone who's, you know, so hulking over this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do appreciate the fact that they took time to highlight that. And it wasn't just like she was a doormat. Oh, and most um, of the time she is actually the strong one. She's just the strong, mm-hmm. silent one. Yeah. And sort of like is is always. She makes it all work. Yes. She makes it all work. She's always playing chess as opposed to Jack's kind of like playing some war game where he's winning. <laughs> And she's playing chess. Risk. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a lot of things between Jack and Kevin, a lot of things that reminded me of my relationship with my dad. So mm. there were some big emotional moments for mm. me. Jack is a, he competes with Winnie for first place in my mind, yeah. like with, with the uh, the moments that really got me. Yeah. And I mean, Jack is, is pretty rough on his son. So I don't want to give the impression that my dad was a, was a Jack Arnold, but there were a couple things that I was like, Whew, goodness, I yeah. have to take a break now. You know, there's just like it's it really it fires on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. There's really something for everyone here, I think, uh, in many in many ways. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Paul and Wayne. I could count on one hand the times when he wasn't one note. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I feel, Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone is sort of the perfect vision of what, whatever year, however, however old he is, like 12 year old Kevin Arnold viewed them as. Yeah. So that's, Wayne, that's the key. Wayne is as one dimensional as your little brother would think you were. All he did was pick on me. Yes. But he's not one dimensional. So every right. once in a while you get a glimpse into Wayne having some depth. And so I think if you, if you always view it in the context of, Here's what 12-year-old Kevin Arnold thought about this person. It makes a whole lot more sense than 
Yeah, Wayne is ridiculous to some extent, but it's like, well, if, if your little brother was telling a story about you, you would be ridiculous for sure. And I think that's where we're going to make, we're going to draw a lot of connection mm-hmm. is the fact that this is someone telling a story about their childhood mm-hmm. and the way they remember it. And I think while I may get worked up about a few things, the fact of the matter is that's the trump card. It's Mm -hmm. a person telling a story about childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there may be things I wasn't thrilled about, but it's, it's someone it's, it's, it's a childhood and it's a story being told. So speaking of story, how do you feel like the seasons moved along? It's kind of strange to Mm me. It is. Yeah. Well, you can, you can hop in here anytime. I'm forming thoughts as we, as we speak, but I think it's, I think it's, uh, very nearly procedural in each grade or year that they're in. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the story will advance to the next year or the next set of issues one would have at a certain age. But if you think about the actual episodes from day to day, it was very like, Oh, this is so- what science classes. It's just like a f- very specific situations within a, a certain context, say sixth grade or, you know, something like that. Um, it it is very, very interesting situation. I would not say it's more about the overall arc than it is about those. Once again, we're in, in the age where we had 22 episodes or, you know, 20, 20 some episodes every season. So there's a lot they got to do. They got a lot, put a lot of stuff in. There's math class, you know, there's like three to three or four episodes dedicated to math class. Um, Mm. and so Obviously, those little breakouts are not advancing the overall story at all. And then there's literally characters that don't even appear in those episodes. Um, it's, it's a very interesting uh, advancement of story. What are the through lanes here? What are the things moving the story forward? Because to me, seasons, and they didn't feel like filler episodes, but they were definitely bottle episodes. Mm-hmm. Seasons were were full of it's almost like time stood still mm-hmm. and we told just like one little story like um kevin joins the rock band yep. or you know there's yeah. there's a bunch yeah well i'll instead of beating around the bush here i think kevin's relationship with winnie is really what yep. gives the the whole story forward motion yeah i i if you added family to that i would agree it's family it's 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 being a son it's being a brother and it's being a you know some sort of a romantic relationship and then a friend that's what paul does sometimes carrying this friendship through and it's those say maybe three things yes i think though in early seasons though it's a lot of like we get the family around the dinner table mm-hmm. you know and how's work works work you yeah. know like yeah. but i do like you can feel the story progressing uh-huh. when he, when he's with winnie when there's things happening with winnie i will agree with paul also changing school you know different things like that but a lot of we get a lot of stuff like the arnold's around the kitchen table Mm -hmm. you know the arnold's around the tv and those things kind of make time stand still in some Mm -hmm. ways you know so i i don't know i really think Uh, it's uh, a a lot of the the middle school romances is pulling us through a lot Mm -hmm. of this yeah i think i agree with that now that you mention it but you really sort of stopped me in my tracks with the time stand still with the family at home could because they're always well, there just, basically yeah, yeah it's just a lot of this like yeah, yeah, we yeah. see we always see them they're in every episode um but i think i think i think, I think later where, i think that's where you see a lot of the advancement though how the family changes if like i think some of the biggest grief that happens in the show is when karen you know, gets old enough that she's starting to move out and, and have her own sort of sort of family, you know, on her own. And like mm-hmm. when that thing that was always there starts to sort of disintegrate, you see some really interesting advancement in that place. So it's almost like a, a slow plate advancement. But sure. But I do, you know, your your point stopped me in my tracks. I think that's a well, well put. And I agree. I think later season five, season six, yeah. you get like a you like a Karen chunk mm-hmm. and like there's like a good amount of progress happening with Karen's story. Yeah. Um, there's a great amount of progress with Jack, you mm-hmm. know, and some, some different life changes, you know, things happening with him. Yeah. So I feel like, yes, there are places over the course of the series where a certain character will pull you forward. But in some areas we tread water with the family a little bit. 
the bottle episodes are some of my favorite things. Yeah. But I think I noticed something kind of big happens in the middle of the kind of like smack dab in the middle. And I'm like, well, that happened. And then I, I just watched four bottle episodes in a row, you know, like yeah. nothing really right. happened right. when there was no progression, but great television, really good stuff. Sure. And um, well, I think a little bit of what they do is they give, depending on what you were into when you were that age, they give you a little something. Sure. So for me, there's a, a, a like you said, a rock band episode. Mm-hmm. There's a baseball episode. Baseball. Mm, and then there's also one. probably some episodes that I don't even remember because those weren't things I was into at the time. Yeah. Uh, so like they give a little something to everybody. Very sitcom like, like, well, we got to give you some, some totem to grab onto. Is it just me? Or does the writing feel perfect for middle school kids? Yeah. Yeah. Almost like they just went around with a recorder. Yes. A dictaphone, like around a middle school hallway and just let it roll. Yeah. And then, and then made the dialogue. Like it was so, it's so good. Yeah. I do think that probably some things that we really lock into our memory and hold on to for a very long time are some of those things that happened to us in middle school. So these things that. I remember some very seemingly painful things at the time, which now mm-hmm. if I look at them objectively, I'm like, oh, who cares? But almost like I, the pain is solidified in my memory mm. in a way that like, oh man, that hurt so bad. But now I'm like, that's stupid. Um, and so middle school is a war zone. It's a war zone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about Paul spilled sloppy Joe in his pants. Yeah. And I'm just like, it is a, kids are ruthless. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it snaps you right back to middle school. This, mm-hmm. this show for sure. And high school. Yeah. Wildness mm-hmm. for sure. Emotional, uh, angst. Ju- yeah. Just train wreck. Yeah. How am I going to make friends? How am I going to get good grades? Mm-hmm. How am I going to talk to the person I'm interested in? Mm-hmm. Is everyone looking at me all the time? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Am I ever, am I always going to look stupid? Yep. You know, just like, what am I going to do in gym, gym class? Mm-hmm. Everything is a battle. Uh, this show mastered that aspect. Well, the Wonder Years came out in the late 80s, but it was about the late 60s. You know, worth mentioning at this point, because we didn't do it during Characters. The narrator of the show is from the Wet Bandits in Home Alone. <laughs> like, you know, every episode, I just wanted to be like, "Happy Hanukkah, Marv." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but he, he's like so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's um, just like an all I don't know, all American. Why does oh. that sound like a dirty word these days? But it's it, it just like a like the wholesomeness to his voice. Like he doesn't he doesn't feel like Marv when he's narrating. Like no, it's, yeah. it's it's really he's like. Does a really good job. Well, I think it feels weird because he's so goofy in Home Alone. Yes. It's like, how could he possibly be Mr. Everyman? For sure. And I mean, even like Rookie of the Year, any of that oh, yeah. other stuff, like it's just. Let's play some ball. <laughs> Break my. But where did you see some of the biggest differences to when you were approximately Kevin's age? Throw yourself back to middle school. What felt familiar? What felt just foreign? Yeah, I think probably. Um, the easy answer to this, which I'm not sure is the exact, exactly correct answer to this, is that everybody wants to watch this as if like, oh, it used to be a simpler time. So mm-hmm. the problems that they experience were not as high stakes uh, or, you know, like me, for example, I don't know if they were lying or whatever, but like a lot of my friends in middle school were smoking weed as far as, far as I know, you know, like as far <laughs> as they said. So you don't get a lot of that. You know, it's just like, it seems like some stuff like snuck up on younger kids. And at the same time, I think there's, there's some enduring truths about whatever Kevin experienced. Like you think what you see going on around you is much bigger than what is actually going on around you. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I guess to sort of answer your question, like the sixties just happen over and over and over and over again. And at the same time, like probably if Kevin Arnold were in my my daughter's soon to be middle school he would be full of anxiety and just like curled up mm-hmm. in the corner terrified of everything that's about to happen so society does advance but obviously there's enduring truths that we see in this show 
that continue to happen. I hopefully that answers your question. I think one thing that's interesting about Kevin's character is I feel like he is the recipient of Murphy's law. Like if yeah. something could go wrong, it will go wrong. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a television show though. Sure. But I think it made him much more relatable. Like he, he's not the kid that like everything great is happening to. Mm-hmm. Cause almost nothing great is happening to him. That's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but I feel like no, he, no, you he know what is, I, it's let's pause there and just say, I think what you, you've hit right on the nail on the head on is life is pretty good for Kevin. And yet everything seems like a Shakespearean tragedy to Kevin. Okay. So, and that's exact that like that is middle school. Like, mm-hmm. and come on, nothing's really that bad for you, buddy. And at the same time, it's just like, everything's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think, though. Something I mentioned in um, the opening, I feel like this show is very relevant to kind of the plight of the the adolescent kid Mm -hmm. and not that it's going to prepare you for the war zone that middle school is. But I think that kids generally have similar problems now. And and you're right. Substitute. The meth thing is news to me. I mean, goodness gracious. No, but I don't like, know. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody in middle school is doing meth right now. I was just, that was just an example. I mean, but like there, there was a thing then and there's Maybe a thing now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I feel like there are just you know, the stories the same. Maybe the players and like some of the variables are different, but like kids are generally having the same issues. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, what I just thought of when, while we're talking about this is. I don't, this show is not for someone coming up toward middle school. Nope. It is for, for us. Look, anyone Mm -hmm. who's looking back on middle school, it'll have notes of things that you resonate with. If you're coming toward middle school, you'll have no idea what the heck this is talking about, but this is like another Friday night lights mm -hmm. type situation where Friday night lights is not for high schoolers. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, this, and this is not for middle schoolers, Yep. but I feel like there's a way like you know, there are all there were times when I related to, you know, Jack as a father. You know, mm-hmm. I feel some of that, but also just as easily putting myself in Kevin's shoes. So I do feel like as, you know, someone who's in his 30s still easily could put myself back in, in the kid's shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, this sure. is horribly depressing, but how old do you think Jack is in the show? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't do that. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt real bad to answer. He's got a middle schooler. Oh, maybe he's like a little older than me. Maybe he's a couple of years older than me. I don't have a middle schooler. Okay, 45. Awesome. That's perfect. I mean, he's a strapping guy. Like, he doesn't have much gray. No, he's he's fine. Yeah. I think. um, Oh, that's an interesting point. This is kind of fun. He's not hip, which is like a thing making him seem older. Yes. But that, yeah. I think for some reason nowadays, people our age are kind of carrying that hipness. (laughs) I don't know. We're we're kind of still trying to be cool with the kids in some ways, maybe not all the ways, but like yeah. for some Jack, you know, just very like Marines and yeah. just boom, ba boom, practical. Well, certainly, certainly the war, you know, that yeah. that's a different thing. That would have snapped. Yep. All that out Makes of him. you an adult. That, yep. 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 For sure. Um, back to the narration, Daniel Stern. Awesome. Mentioned the laugh track something they didn't do. It was definitely a more of a cutting edge thing at that time. All, all of their sitcoms had laugh tracks. Mm-hmm. It was just something you always, always saw. But is there something about the narration that helps the story along or um, does it ever feel like too much? Like it might hurt the story. No, I mean, it's completely necessary. And it, uh, so the benefit here is I rewatched this about I, somewhere between a year and a year and a half ago. Um, and I think probably it's only the second or, you know, third time max I've seen it. But as I look back and I think back on it, I remember all narration. Like all, all I can remember is narr- it's almost like Kevin is walking through it as Daniel Stern talks you through it. It's crucial. Daniel Stern is Kevin's voice more than Kevin is Kevin's voice. More I than think. Fred Savage. Yeah, more than Fred. Yeah, in my head at least. I think. I don't. You've watched it more recently. Would you agree with that or no? I think there are times when it could have been dialed back. Oh, okay. It, it, it felt a little heavy in some places. Yeah. That's 
not to say that I didn't love it though. I, I absolutely loved it. I do think it's crucial. I think it really helped navigate the middle school head and everything that's going on inside Kevin's cranium. I feel mm-hmm. like um, there are something like adult actors can say a lot with a look yep. or can, can say a lot with, you know, no words at all. I think it would have been harder for Kevin to get some of his thoughts across with a look. And it's not as if he could have said everything he was thinking, you know, at that time, which is a good point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes are you complimenting yourself? I'm, I'm transitioning, <laughs> which, yeah, which is a good point, Brandon. Uh, while we're on the topic, sometimes Daniel Stern feels like he's telling a story about a day that happened. Sometimes uh-huh. Daniel Stern feels like you're hearing Kevin's thoughts. Uh-huh. But and I will say, but Kevin's get, thoughts through the filter of a much older person, which is incredibly stabilizing. Sometimes it feels like it's Kevin's 13, 14, 15 year old thoughts. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. He's talking with his dad. His dad's getting on him. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's kind of like, um, a little sassy, hmm. you know, his gym teacher. Yeah. Sometimes it feels, yeah. I think they blend the line there. Hmm. I don't think it was always in the proper tense. I think, some of the language used is more like middle school language. Mm-hmm. So I will say it had a dual role to me and maybe the storytelling side is what I did like. And some of the internal thought stuff was what I didn't care for as much. Okay. Yeah. And I don't um, quite even like, I barely remember the internal thought aspect that you're talking about. Like, like I just mentioned, I, it, it didn't really occur to me that that happened for sure. I could see that being an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's absolutely not a big deal. It was just something I was thinking about uh, pretty early on, actually first season. Yeah. It's like, okay, he's telling the story. Oh, we're getting, we're getting internal monologue mm-hmm. here. And I, I love, I think some of the best writing is the, the narration or the monologue from the narrators, mm. like these, these big sweeping monologues were really beautiful, really mm. well-written and um, some of my favorite stuff. Mm. So the Kevin, Winnie romance. Mm-hmm. I want to say right now, here in a minute, we're going to take the gloves off and spoil the show. Yeah. We're not doing that yet. Yep. But here in a minute, we will specifically the finale. So I'm not talking about the finale. I'm talking the Kevin Winnie romance over the course of the six seasons. You know, usually we don't dive into specifics like this, but this is a really iconic relationship. Mm-hmm. Really, I I mean, it is America's sweethearts. I don't even know the the correct term for like middle school love interests. And but like they were, you know, very, very well known. Kevin and Winnie. Everyone knows what that means. Does it hold up? I think a a good question to ask here is, does it match the legacy that kind of lives in everyone's head? Like as you're actually trekking through the episodes, does it match the way you think it should be? The way your mind's eye tells you it should be? Yeah. And finally, why is it so great? What makes it great? Yeah. So I want to say, you know, I made a joke about Leah looking like Winnie. That's a complete joke, except, you know, she kind of does, but it's a complete joke. <laughs> so like in some, in some way I was like, Winnie for me and probably a lot of people who watched Winnie represents like this, this thing you never could get sort of like Kevin couldn't got quite, her. Couldn't quite hold on to or something you know yes. like yeah something mm-hmm. like that and for me at least and i think a, a lot of people there's something like that in the past and so it's not the sweetness of this relationship that endures it's the bitter sweetness of this the, this relationship that endures it's actually literally what endures from this relationship is the pain how, when you think of winnie you don't think of how much I'm sorry. Well, I don't mean to put this on everyone else, but if I'm talking about Winnie, I don't think of how I don't think of the love. I think of the pain when it comes to Winnie. Mm. It's this thing that like you thought it was something you wanted so bad, but it just kind of stings. The sting of it is what you remember I, for me personally. And that's why it's captured so well in the show because of the ups and downs of the narrative where it's just like if Kevin and Winnie would have been stable the whole time, that would have nobody would have bought it because nobody well, in if, middle school is stable. 
if Kevin and Winnie were Corey and Topanga, right? Which which is why Corey and Topanga got married for goodness sakes, which is ridiculous. Which is why Boy Meets World is like the unrealistic version yes. of the Wonder Years. Yes, in my mind. But yeah, yeah. On um, a side note, Eric from Boy Meets World is one of the most underrated comedians. Of he's he has many oh, funny dude. lines. But anyway, you don't have to sell me on that. I agree, hundred yeah, percent. Right. Anyway, so funny. Um. This is tricky. Do you, do you agree is, with what I'm saying? Do you, yeah, do you for have sure that experience as well? 100%. I, sometimes I wonder because I've so 100%, many. I just didn't feel like it was experience I should be having. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% though. But the, I'm, the, I, fortunately, I'm not going to name any names. But if I look back to my middle school, there were so many like these deep, like, I guess you could even say like love interests that like looking back now, I'm just like, that would have been a ridiculous or like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> But at the time, it hurt so bad. I actually just thought of one that I had not been thinking of. And it was like, oh, man, it hurt so bad at the well, time. Well, because I feel like you're also probably thinking of maybe ways you didn't look so slick in the moment. Or I don't know, like that that's like things I could have done differently or said differently or. Yeah. Well, well, shoot, if it was now, I would have just gone and, you know, like. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020, you know, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, I mean, but what's interesting about middle school or like early high school or something like that, it, it, you, you tend to sort of like go for it. And that's oh, what, yeah. that's what they represent really well. Like, um, declaring your love, which is obviously ridiculous, but at the same time, it's just like, of course you did that. Of course you went for the grand romantic gesture and it just fell flat and it just was like, Ugh. everyone needed one of those. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the, so many times I was like, stop, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Or like, uh, Hey man, it's not even going to matter. Like, don't do this. To yourself. Oh, what, what, if you like her so much, why don't you go talk to her? See if she likes you too. Yeah. Why would you do that? No, yes. Why would you do that? Do you know her at all? Yeah. Have you ever talked to her? Then she doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. Yeah. All right. I think we're beating around the bush here. We're going to start spoiling stuff. Okay. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The, spoiler. It's a, if you haven't seen the show, thanks for listening. And also, I don't know that this is going to ruin the show. Well, one thing might ruin the show here in a second. Well, but. this this is something that you may know. I'm glad I didn't when I watched. Well, before you do that, I need okay. to say one of the most iconic moments. I'm, this is a spoiler still, but it's not as bad of a spoiler. One of my most iconic TV moments. I told you about this. I warned you about this going into it. Season yeah. four, episode 11. Yeah. One of the most incredible moments in TV history and contemporary TV for me. I literally, I was at, so what, sorry, what happens is, uh, Kevin goes, it, uh, is this a spoiler? It's a spoiler. It's a spoiler. Okay. spoiler. Okay. So, so see you guys later. If you, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Sign off. But get also this one, I don't think is going to ruin the show for you anyway. Kevin goes on a field trip, but Winnie's already moved away. And so Winnie's at a different school. They go on a field trip at the same time. Somehow this is nonsense, obviously, but the two schools go on a field trip at the same place at the exact same <laughs> yeah, time. That would never happen. Yeah, no, it's dumb. But anyway, they go on a field trip at the same time. Kevin and Winnie are dating, but they are obviously dealing with being apart some of the time because she's moved away. And this is when, like, I don't need to explain the whole episode to you, but, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so rough. <laughs> It's so heartbreaking. <laughs> well, I think it's oh. so there is um, what you see when he's away. You see a girl kind of moving into Kevin's life yes. and he's, you don't he's see what's conflicted. going on with Winnie at the other school. Yes. You kind of see this girl who's attractive. Yep. In fact, there's no way she was in middle school, <laughs> um, but she's being very pushy yeah. with I like you. And she's very, very flirty. She knows about Winnie there. Kevin and Winnie are together at this point. And on the field trip, things are off with Kevin and Winnie because they're kind of like Kevin had all this planned out. It was going to be a perfect day. We're going to get to, you know, spend a school day together at the museum and things aren't quite working out right. Uh, Kevin finds himself with the other girl who's been pushy, mm -hmm. finds himself in like secluded and Winnie walks in on them mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, my gosh, yep. things already weren't great. That was it. Mm -hmm. nail in the coffin Winnie storms off Kevin runs after her chases her down Winnie can we talk about this I mean I you didn't think do he's, anything yeah you think he's dead just 
dead. It's all his fault. He screwed it up. Yeah. And then we find out when he met someone yep. at when her he, school. When he literally says, Kevin, I've met someone. So when he's been struggling with this all day, we didn't yeah. know. She yeah. was fi- trying to find a way to tell him that's why things were off. Kevin thought he screwed this up. He didn't even have a chance to screw it up. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it was already the, the, yeah, it was already, already gone. But so the TV moment that I remember is she, she basically breaks up with Kevin and but underneath is playing the beach boys. God only knows which oh, yeah. I Mr. Hyperbole here, but for a long time now, that might be my number one song of all time. What? God only knows it's, a, I know it's a great song. It, it's it, it, brilliant. It is number one song of brilliant. I love the song. Yes. Yeah. So that's just a shock to hear that anyway. So that song is playing underneath and I can remember the, the kid who she, you know, she's met and she goes off with, I remember the slow-mo of him putting his hand on the small of her back and Kevin sees it. And it's just like, like ripping. And, he, your, and of course he's wearing a varsity jacket. Yes. It's just a ripping your body apart. I remember the feeling of powerlessness. Yes. Not only did, did this happen and all you, all you want to do is like, just wrangle it. Like, yeah. you know, get your hands on. Surely if I just talk to her, yes, we can sort this out, yeah. but he gets on a different bus than her. They go separate directions. It's a mess. Anyway. So I was at, I was at about a year and a half ago. I was at a beach boys concert, which is, uh, Mike Love is 80 some years old now, and he's the wow. only one. Well, I don't even know the Beach Boys history, but he's him and some other guy that basically came into the Beach Boys later. They're the only ones left touring with the Beach Boys. Was Stamos there? No, he wasn't playing for this one, although sometimes he does. But, yeah. So Mike Love and Brian Wilson are on the outs. That's that's the story, which Brian Wilson is the Beach Boys. I'm team, is the Beach Boys. I'm team Brian for sure. Yeah. But I went and saw with my mom, I went and saw the Beach Boys, which was awesome. And Mike Love's son sings at this concert. Mike Love's son sings, God only knows. And dude, when the, that happened during the concert and it was like a flood of like memories and like, I was like, what, what, what is that? What is it? And I went home that night. Oh, I hadn't man. seen the wonder years and who knows how long, but I just remember like what in the world's going on. What? <laughs> and, um, and, and like, I finally sifted through all that and I thought, I know what it was. That's, that's what happens. That's what plays when Winnie breaks up with Kevin. So I found mm-hmm. that episode that night and I watched it. And that's what made me rewatch the entire series after that was that mm-hmm. beach boys concert. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. And that's, that's, that's certainly one of my number one TV show moments of all time. Just everything mm-hmm. about it's just, and what's funny about that is and it's heartbreaking. It's though. heartbreaking. It's not like uplifting or flowery, but that's what TV does. It captures a moment from, you know, it captures a true moment and shows it back to you. It's like a mirror. And that's what I love. Okay. So anyway, sorry, I, I just had to bring that up because that, that no, no, no. that's an that's, iconic TV. That's moment. actually a great point. I feel like throughout the show, I mean, Kevin and Winnie spend more time apart than they do together. Yeah. They're not even together that much. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they get together, Kevin finds a way to do something stupid, screw it up. Or when he starts batting her eyes at some other guy, mm-hmm. every time, like they get together, they're together a couple episodes, you know, it, it literally does not last. Mm-hmm. It's just physically exhausting trying to keep up with this relationship. I mean, yes, it is uh, gut wrenching and the final season mm-hmm. they're together. Mm-hmm. She goes away Mm -hmm. to work for the summer, meets someone else. Of course, (laughs) that that, it wasn't really a thing. None none of her other relationships were really ever a thing. Mm -hmm. You can tell Kevin was kind of always the one, but it was always almost like she just was never she could never sit still. And Kevin just he was always ready to just wreck things also. Mm -hmm. Um, Very middle school. Yeah. Very, a a very, a very middle school uh, concept. Anyway. You feel like everything's going to work out. They come home. They're together. Kind of the end of the season's happening. Uh, they're at a parade, Independence Day parade. And then like the final monologue of the show is happening. And this is it. This is the send off. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> this is it. And um, I mean, in, in, in a way only Daniel Stern can do. He, you know, we made a promise to always be together, Winnie and I, through everything. And we were. 
even when she went away to Paris for eight years, we wrote each other letters every single week. And I was there for when she got off the plane. I was there with my wife mm-hmm. and my eight-month-old kid. And let me tell you that, well, first of all, that came seconds after they say Jack died two years later, mm. which to me, that, that wrecked me right oh, there. Wow. I was like, what? Yeah. Like that, that wrecked me. He felt so young. Like, I don't know. Um, I could just picture a man with like his in- like intense emotional swings yeah. having a stroke or something like yeah. the, the weight of like owning his own business anyways. So the thing with Winnie happens and like, I was overcome with like immense sadness mm-hmm. cuz like there's nothing you it's just like the show's over there's no that was always what was fine before when the relationship was mm-hmm. raking you over the coals it was like well they're going to circle back at some point they're going to work things out they're going to get back together and yeah. it was kind of fun like the the pursuit was kind of the fun part of some of the some of the seasons but this you knew that they weren't going to end up together mm-hmm. and i'm going to say something i think it makes a good story yeah. I think it makes a great story. I think it makes a crappy television show. That is so good. I mean, what you just said is so good because that's what's so good about this show. They, I think somehow, not always, but they always pursued the truth as opposed to the good television show. This is the life of a middle school, high schooler. Yeah. Who ends up together? Of course no, they don't end up together. That relate, childhood sweetheart. Yes. They, it doesn't work out. No. I know that. Yep. It makes a crappy television show ending. Yep. And here's the thing. At some point, <laughs> if this were a book, if this were a movie, there's more leeway. If this is a television show, mm. ratings, you stay on the air based on viewership, yep. based on ratings. At some point, this is disrespectful to your viewers. Oh, that's an interesting point. It's worth, I'm, it's worth noting. Well, did they know they were done? Mm, I don't think they knew they were I, done. They were planning on going forward. So that monologue was added in there. I mean, I don't the, know. The, my, maybe, my point maybe is when he was done, but or something like that. It but, felt like maybe that, you know, yeah, that might not have been the last episode, but then they added that monologue in. They for sure knew they were done at that point. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, they killed off Jack. And then they told a story from eight, like <laughs> the relationship lapsed eight years. So, yeah. I mean, they for sure, they, if they add the monologue in there at the end, maybe, but yeah. I know that that part was with the knowledge that the show was ending. Hmm. I um, recognize the, the importance of telling a good story, but I, I can't say I'm happy with the way it ended. Yeah. But I were you supposed to be happy with the way it like? Well, that, and then that's my whole point. I think somewhere along the line, you owe it to the viewers that have stuck with you. That's so funny. I think you could have said a hundred things to me right there. And I would have been ready with a retort about how, with the truth of life and how life doesn't always work out. And, but when you put it in the context of like, for the people who have stuck it out in this journey with you, you owe it to them. That's maybe the best thing you could have said to me to convince me like, no, this was the wrong ending. Like, and I don't like the ending either. And I had forgotten when I rewatched the show, I had forgotten the ending. And so it just kind of, it's another kick just like, you know, again, it hurts again. But as I came around that, what I talked myself into was like, of course, of course they didn't end up together. Of course, this is how of course life they is. didn't end up together. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know that I will say even throughout the show, my favorite stuff was like the, the stray glance from Winnie or the like the small moments mm-hmm. when they weren't together, mm-hmm. but the small mo- moments that added up to like the puzzle pieces he was able to put together. And um, in that pursuit of her and, you know, maybe she does like me and some of the stuff when they were really young, like I, I ended up liking more, like when they were together, it's like the Josh and Donna thing, mm-hmm. you know, when they were together, the, it wasn't it's as just, good as when they were mm-hmm, chasing each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of stuff I had to get off my chest there because I mean I watched oh, it yeah. last night. So oh you did yeah yeah huh I thought it was a couple of days ago at least but no. I was ready to rumble last night. Okay so so the question is did it ruin how much of the show did it ruin for you or you know well zero like, percent yeah sure okay zero yeah. percent there is the show yeah and there is the finale yeah, okay. and they're two separate things yeah. they're two separate things the show is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is one of the best shows I've ever watched. The finale is uh, 
I won't say I hated it, but um, yeah, it just left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. The yeah. show's fantastic. They tried to, I think they tried to wrap it up too fast and too clear cut ending. Yeah. And, uh, but I do think like, I hate the end, but I do think it's like, oh, you know, there's, there's a lot true about the end too. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. that's how life is. And so yeah. I, I appreciate that they stuck that out and did the end the way they did it. Because obviously, like we said, there's no way. And like, it doesn't mean that Winnie and Kevin was a waste of time or, you know, anything like that. Like they taught each other how to love someone and, you know, different things like that. It makes you horribly sad, but it didn't ruin the show for me either. And it just kind of like made sense that they were moving in different directions anyway. So it would have had to happen. pitches yeah i'm not i'm not entirely proud of mine i'm gonna pick you i'm gonna pitch you something pretty quick i'm not but i think it's worth pitching and the reason i bring it up now is because there's a new season of this coming out really really soon on netflix there's a show called down to earth with Mm. down to earth with zach efron have you seen this sorry i didn't even know i have not seen it but i'm familiar with it all right so here's what's interesting about this show it's a it, it it doesn't know what it is it, it, I admit that. So when you watch it and you say this show doesn't know what it is, that's that's exactly right. And I, I'm not I'm not against it. But Zac Efron, I think there was a certain kind of person that Zac Efron was like 10 years ago. And he was like a mm-hmm. sex symbol, uh, <laughs> whatever, uh, some sort of something like that. And now this is Zac Efron, like trying to open his mind to the world, a global perspective and understanding th- different things in the world. And he goes to. Uh, he goes to different parts of the world and learns about sustainability and learns about like different water issues and all these different things. So it's a little bit in my area where I, it, the reason it was perfect for me is it, could t- it takes this guy who used to be sort of like the guy, a preppy, whatever that I would not technically care for. And it, he starts to learn things about the world and learn, you know, learn things like that. Um, and the, it, it's sort of like a travel show and you get yeah. to learn things about different areas like he goes to he goes to iceland which is a very interesting episode and he goes to france and learns about water and he goes to uh south america and learns about like sustainable eating and different things like that um so it's it's a pretty good like interesting travel show with a good lesson and it made me like zach efron a little bit more but there's a second Hmm. season coming out really really soon so uh maybe worth noting down to earth with zach efron i do think is worth checking out Side note, have you seen uh, Neighbors? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Seth Rogen? Yeah. Zach Efron's newer stuff's good. It, he's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's I don't really hate funny. him. No, 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 I yeah. know. I know. I'm just, side note. Um, my pitch is a show called Dr. Death on Peacock. I think it's a Peacock original. And it stars Joshua Jackson. And also when hey, the show see? is. At, oh, I don't. I never watched. Uh, is it Dawson's Creek? I never watched Dawson's yeah, Creek, but he, yeah, right. he's Charlie from the Mighty Ducks to me. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, also in the show, Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater. Anyway, wow. Dr. Death. Yeah, I know. It's it's packed. Is Dr. Um, Death the dude from Columbus, Ohio? Mm, I, I couldn't answer that question quickly, but um, no, Texas medical community is, okay. as I'm reading it here. Anyway, a doctor... Uh, a little confused on how he um, got where he is, but basically at some point um, he starts getting a lot of complaints, a lot of like medical suits filed against him. Things start going wrong and you're having a hard time figure out why he's botching surgeries and doing like this, just like things are going really wrong with his patients and you don't really know why is um, has he lost his mind? Is he doing this on purpose? It's just like this web of like, is he a fraud? No one can figure it out. Anyway, pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, it's a quick, relatively quick watch, but um, I feel like I would put it in like a, in the vein of the, um, what was the uh, dope sick, like something similar to, to like okay. a show like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, pretty good. Interesting. Quick watch. Uh, what have you been watching? right now yeah so for whatever reason i'm just not in like this uh 
I'm not sprinting through TV shows right now. Although I'm just really, I'm watching an insane amount of soccer, which is awesome. And I love well, you want to maybe stop rubbing your face <laughs> with your hands while you're trying to talk. What, what's the matter with that? Muffling, muffling your I'm voice quite a bit. The, I'm not going over the mouth. Well, watch this. No, dude, forehead and stuff. <laughs> All Calm right, down, trick or treat. You crossed your mouth once at least. I feel like I brought a lot of energy to this episode, way more than I thought I was going to bring. Okay, so yeah, I haven't been watching an insane amount of TV. Anyway, the one thing I want to mention, some, I don't know how I keep doing this, but- Oh, you didn't know it was the ending, did you? Like Of Atlanta? Is that, there was another episode, right? There's three more! <laughs> <laughs> you just did that with uh, Reservation Dogs. Uh, no, I did it with um, something else, but it wasn't Reservation Dogs. I Oh. Oh, Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. Yeah. Cobra Kai. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, I looked on my <laughs> app funny. and it had said that Elena was over and now there's three more episodes of Elena. But is that app not trustworthy? Maybe not. I don't know. At uh, least for however annoying. many episodes there are in a current season, maybe not. But anyway, that's annoying. that doesn't matter that much. But anyway, Atlanta continues to be good and there's still two more to come out. So I just thought it worth bringing up because wow. I was incorrect about it. The other I, I will was, circle back on that. I was curious really quick what you think about shows that are there's a new season of this show called wall street i don't know if you've ever seen it it is well the way you spelled wall street is it about the Wahlburgers? yeah it's about wall mark Wahlberg. okay uh now Wahlburgers is a part of that but it's basically the uh the businesses of mark Wahlberg, and so because he has many 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 businesses it's i think Hmm. it's on hbo he's like diddy and yeah, and I had watched Wahlburgers, but um, Wahlburger, or I'm sorry, Wall Street, but it, it ended in COVID. And so he was having a rough time because he's basically tried to put all of his money into his businesses. He's got, maybe it's called movement or it's some sort of sports apparel and he's got some gyms and he's got Wahlburgers and he's got, he's got like 10 different. Didn't bits. he, uh, didn't he form like a film studio in nevada or something potentially I, that's not a part uh, of that not yet. a part of the show okay maybe the, that's something i just read so there's a new season i started to watch that just because sometimes when i get into that sort of stuff i just can't stop watching it what's this on this is on hbo but okay. i'm just curious what do you think about these shows that are basically like literally this wall street show is basically like a giant commercial for all mark Wahlberg's company oh one i didn't mention you know he owns mark Wahlberg chevrolet there's one of those up in up here in columbus columbus yeah yeah, yeah uh, for sure and so like it like it's essentially commercial for this sort of thing or and the other thing that popped in my head was like shark tank where it's literally just rolling through all these different things that oh i might want to buy that oh i might want to buy yeah. that but it's like it's like qvc why do we do this to ourselves but also i'm well, so fascinated I, with it are you fascinated with it or no i think if i was more interested in uh mark Wahlberg, like in some ways welcome to wrexham is a little bit of that mm-hmm. for uh ryan reynolds no it totally is yeah and i'm upset i mean i love ryan reynolds yeah. so like maybe if i loved mark Wahlberg more i would like it more i think there are obviously there are plenty of people who are very interested in, in, in what mark Wahlberg is doing yeah. so i think it just really has to do with what you're interested in i mean shark tank is fun sometimes i never really got into it but i i can see the appeal there um i don't mind shows like that necessarily and i know a lot of people like them so yeah, I, I was just thinking through stuff today and i'm usually pretty on shark tank like if a new episode comes out i kind of watch it but i'm usually like really i'll You're pop i'll pop mystery it on over there yeah i know i'll pop it on while i'm doing something else i i do tend to love shows that i can just put on and continue doing what i was doing mm. i like noise in the background and obviously shark tank is one of those uh, I need some more uh, F1 drive to survive. Oh, heck Except yeah. I almost had a heart attack during a couple of those episodes. It should be coming soon. Like, or yeah, not soon, I need, but I mean, the season's wrapping up real Just soon. ended, I think. I, isn't Maybe there, there's like one thing left. I think there's one race left, but everything's already decided. Max wins. Yeah. Max Verst- wins. Verstappen yeah, and, like, and ran away Red with Bull it. wins also. But yeah. that's only because... Has Mexico City? Mexico just happened. Mexico yes, City that just was happened. The one that happened. I think there's one more. I think. There's, I oh, okay. Anyway. Um, that, but that should be coming back soon. Then. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Just rambling on. No, not a problem. I'm watching the peripheral, peripheral, yeah. the peripheral still on prime. I really like it. I, I really do. It's sci-fi. So yeah. I, you, you might steer clear of it, but no, um, I don't hate sci-fi. Well, you know, uh, not 
not to open up my world to everyone all the time. I don't have any problem doing that, but basically like this, this idea that somebody's going to put on, like I, I've seen the previews and it's basically like somebody putting on and going into an alternate reality. There's more to it than that. Okay. That my is mental deceptive. headspace. I just didn't know if I was in the position to do that right now. Cause it seems a hundred percent ready player one. It's not. Right. Okay. Okay. It's, it's not, it there's more to it than that. Um, that's an aspect. That's an element of it. So I really enjoy it. Um, I'm two and a half or three episodes in, so we'll see where it goes. But yeah, it could be a good springtime episode, maybe. Okay. We'll see. Nice. Well, man. That was fantastic. That was real good. <laughs> Super hot. I don't, yeah. That does it for this episode of Good Show. Good Show is created, recorded, edited, and produced by Anthony Mako and Brandon Sharp. Our theme music was written and recorded by me, Anthony, and all our graphics and socials are developed by Brandon. If you've enjoyed your time with us, please make sure to like or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you appreciate our show, please throw us a rating and a review there too. If you'd like to discuss any of our content, you can search The Good Show Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at The Good Show Podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.